Before we really get started, uh, we need, I want to say something about the situation that probably most of us are aware of that happened with our Covington Catholic High School students when they were up in the March uh, for Life in Washington, D.C. Uh, so if you're not aware, there was uh, an incident involving the high school students and a couple of other groups that were up there, and it kind of got picked up by the news media in such a way that got blown out of proportion. So here's what I think we need to know. First of all, we stand with and support our Covington Catholic students. Uh, were there things that they could have done differently, better? Yes, and probably this is a learning experience for them. But in general, I was very impressed by their prudence, their self-control when put in a very difficult situation. And uh, so we need to, at this time, support them, pray for them. I know many of us are upset about the first statement that was put out by the diocese uh, before all the information was out there that uh, kind of condemned the actions of our high schoolers. Uh, let me just read you. Bishop Foyes has recently sent out a letter to uh, all the Cubcath parents as well as all the priests. So let me just read to you Bishop Foyes' own words. He says here, Within hours of the incident in D.C., we were pressured from all sides to make a statement regarding the video clip which purportedly showed students from Covington Catholic being disrespectful to Native American elders. Based on the video clip, we condemned the actions of the students who engaged in the alleged disrespect and promised to investigate the matter. Since that time, other video clips have surfaced. Once these went viral, some of the same people who had put tremendous pressure on us to condemn the actions of the students now wanted a retraction. Subsequently, there have been death threats to some of the students and their families, the vitriol and hateful comments of some online stories, some of them appearing on websites that purport to be Catholic and pro-life, have been beyond belief and anything but pro-life. We even had a bomb scare at the Korea offices. We are sorry that this situation has caused such disruption in the lives of so many. We apologize to anyone who has been offended in any way by either of our st statements, which were made with goodwill based on the information we had. We should not have allowed ourselves to be bullied and pressured into making a statement prematurely, and we take full responsibility for it. I especially apologize to Nicholas Sandman and his family, that was the, the young man who was in the main clip standing there with the Native American elder, as well as all the Covcath families who have felt abandoned during this ordeal. We now await the results of the investigation, and it is my hope and expectation that the results will exonerate our students so that they can move forward with their lives. In any event, we will make the final report public, and in the meantime, we call upon those who continue to spew venom and hate to desist and instead to pray for a peaceful resolution to this tragic spectacle. So those are Bishop Foy's words, and so clearly we need to... Uh, pray for and stand with our Covington Catholic families as they go through this difficult time. And we also need to stand with and support our bishop. Uh, this was kind of a no-win situation for the diocese, but as Bishop Foyes admitted, they made some mistakes. He's apologized for those, and he wants to do his best to get to the bottom of all of this and support our high schoolers. So, you know, as they say, uh, was, as St. Ignatius of Antioch says, where the bishop is, there is Jesus Christ. There is the church. So we need to support and pray for Bishop Foyes as well. Um, 
I mean, the takeaway for me is that there are uh, certain people within our news media who are not really working to foster unity and brotherhood in our country, but instead are trying to promote division uh, and disharmony in anything that, of course, makes a, a more exciting news story. And that is uh, very, uh, I think, a very terrible thing to do. So let's pray for that whole situation, that there can be an end to it and healing from it. So let's get to the actual homily today. As we mentioned, uh, today is our annual stewardship appeal. And as you can imagine, the reason we chose this Sunday to do it is because of that beautiful reflection that we had in our second reading of St. Paul about how the church is the body of Christ. How you and I are, are the members of Jesus' body. I don't know if you ever did this when you were growing up. But when we were little kids, we used to sometimes play hangman, where you have like a certain number of, uh, you know, chances to get all the right letters to the word, right? And um, I think if you play the right way, you probably are going to get about seven chances to be wrong, because there's a head, a neck, a body, and then like four limbs, and then you're hung, right? But what we would sometimes do if we had a difficult or a longer word, or we just wanted to make the game less intense, is we would add body parts, so you had to like draw the ears to the guy, or the hands, or the feet, you know, or, or things like that. Uh, and I was thinking of that because we often, when we think of the body, we often generalize. We just think of the, the major members of the body. But really, the body has, as St. Paul points out, so many members, each one of them different, each one of them unique, fulfilling an important function. And it's only when uh, each member of the body is accounted for and healthy that the whole body is really healthy. But we do sometimes the same kind of generalization with the church. We say, well, you know, there's the, the pope and the bishops and the priests. There's the religious. We've got the Catholic school system and the uh, Catholic, we've got youth group programs, things like that. That's the body of Christ. But when we think that way, when we believe that way, what we are really doing is crippling the church crippling the body of Christ because we are not counting ourselves as one of the members. We are not seeing that we too, no matter how small a member of the body of Christ we might think we are, that we too have an important role to play. You can't say, as St. Paul says, well, I'm not the head, I'm not the eye, I'm not the this or the that, so I don't count. No, you too are part of the body of Christ. We have all probably experienced how even some small injury, something that goes wrong in even a small way with one of our body members can have a big effect. If you've ever gotten something in your eye, you're not doing anything until you get it out, right? Or I've heard that um, if you were to have the misfortune to lose your little toe, you actually kind of have to learn to walk again because your body, for its balance, assumes that you have that little toe there to, to operate off of. Anybody who's ever pulled their back or their stomach muscles, you suddenly realize how many movements come into play using those muscles. So every member of the body is important. Where are the smaller members of the body of Christ? Where are the, the lips of the church through which he speaks, through which he smiles? Where are the eyes and the ears of the church through which he perceives the contemporary world around her? Who is the elbow and the belly button of the church, the little toe of Jesus Christ, you know? I mean, maybe that sounds silly, but that's the idea, right? There is no member 
of the body of Christ that is too small to count. Every one of us counts. uh, We are all familiar with the situation of the church today, how we have so many Catholics who leave the Catholic Church and they go off and join these other churches, often these big uh, mega churches. And the truth is we all know why they do that. It's because these big churches have babysitting and have great youth programs and have great social programs. They have wonderful uh, music and entertainment. They have coffee in the gathering space, right? They have, they, not to be mean, they may not have a head. They're like a headless church. They don't have a pope the way that, that we do. But they have a very healthy body to their church, you know? Because why? Why is it that they have that? Because they have a real sense of stewardship. They, they teach the importance of investing yourself in your church community, of taking ownership in your parish. Is there any reason why the Catholic Church can't do all these same things? No, except that sometimes we allow ourselves to become crippled instead of giving ourselves as part of the body of Christ. How do we do that? We do it, of course, through the three T's that we always talk about, treasure, time, and talent. So do I give my treasure to the Lord? We ask you to reflect on that over this week. You know, the the Bible talks about the importance of tithing, giving the first fruits, giving the best of what you have to God. Tithing in the Bible, of course, means giving 10% of your income. Now, I'm not here to tell you exactly how much you should be giving, but we ask you to think about, to discuss if you're married with your spouse, uh, and certainly to pray about What is God asking us to give? Because is God really God if he is not the Lord of my checkbook? The second T is time. Do we really give of our time to God? You know, when we lay someday on our deathbed and look back over our life, I'm sure that there is a lot of time that we will regret in our life. Why did I waste so much time on this or so much time on that? Well, I can promise you this. No one ever lays on their deathbed and says, man, I wish I hadn't spent so much time doing doing stuff up at church, you know, working for God, working for my neighbor. Nobody ever says that. That is great time, time that is well spent and well invested. Do I give some of my time to God and to my parish? Finally is talent. And talent in this, uh, this year is our special focus. Do we give our talents, our gifts, our skills to God and to our church? Again, I think in one way this is where we really cripple ourselves the most because we don't see our role as important. Sure, I mean the church is always going to survive no matter what we do because her head is really Jesus Christ. And as St. Augustine says, her soul is the Holy Spirit. She is divine in that sense. And so she will always be effective. She's almost like uh, Stephen Hawkins, the great uh, theoretical physicist who uh, was crippled, paralyzed for most of his life. Or uh, Helen Keller, who was blind and deaf, and yet still uh, was able to live a very productive life. So yeah, the church is going to survive. She's going to do great things because of who her head and her soul are. But think how much better she would be, how much more powerful and effective she would be if all of her members were healthy and in working order and really giving their all to the Lord. What is your gift? What is your skill? There is, again, no talent so unimportant that it cannot be used in the service of Jesus Christ. I mean, if you have a talent that you really don't feel comfortable using in the service of Christ, you probably shouldn't be doing it at all. Let's say that, first of all. But uh, 
there is no, nothing is too small. You know, I, I don't know if you noticed, but for several months uh, this year, one of our garage doors down at the rectory was white. That was because one day I opened the garage door and um, for some unknown reason that I never have figured out, it stopped halfway up and I did not pay attention and I ran my car into it. So we replaced the door. It was white for many months until one of our parishioners uh, said, Father, uh, I'm, I like painting. I'll paint your garage door for you. And I said, God bless you, you know, right? We, our our uh, welcome table in the gathering space that we wanted to have a welcome table, we asked our boondockers, they built one. The crowns that we put on our Mary statues every May for May crowning, those were made by one of our parishioners who just went out, bought the material, and put them together for us. You think of our coaches who coach all of our sporting teams here. You know, they, we don't pay them anything. They just do that out of the goodness of their heart. They take their talents, their skills, and they share with the community. So there is no talent that is too small, too unimportant. It has a place here at this parish. Now, part of the trouble, of course, is us. We, as the leadership of the parish, take responsibility that we don't always make it easy for you to offer your talents. We're going to try and do a better job of that this year. When you fill out your commitment forms next week, there will be an opportunity to write down your talents and so forth. We are going to make sure that we catalog those in our parish database in such a way that if we need somebody who knows about electricity or who, knew, who knows about you know uh, uh, legal stuff or who knows about babysitting, that we can easily pull you up in our database and reach out to see if you're available to help us. So that's our promise to you, that if you're willing to commit some of your talents to the Lord, we are going to try and really offer you that opportunity. So here's the deal. When you leave Mass today... When you leave Mass today, we're going to ask that rather than exiting the normal way, everybody goes down the school hallway. You know, it's, it's school open house uh, today, but it's also our ministry fair. And so we're going to ask you to go down, unless you're handicapped or have trouble walking, something like that, obviously go out the regular way. But otherwise, we'd like everybody to go down and exit through the, the lower exit of the school. And on the way down, you'll see all these different tables that are set up for the ministry fair. And you'll get a little blue slip of paper on your way. That's for you to take notes or keep track of. You can take it home and reflect on the different ministries that we have if you're not ready to sign up for something now. But for every uh, table that you stop by and, and learn something about that ministry, you'll get a you'll get a little ticket. You can put that ticket in the drawing at, at the end of the hallway and you can maybe win a gift card, you know, and just a little incentive. And there are, there are cookies too. So... Um, Again, we want you to know uh, when we ask for the gift of your time, we are not expecting uh, like a forever commitment. Like if I volunteer, I'm going to be stuck with this job forever. No, we're just asking for a one-year commitment of volunteering in some way. You know, because if all of us take that seriously, if all of us do a little bit, then nobody has to get stuck doing a lot all the time. And then finally, um, as far as our financial uh, piece, again, next Sunday you'll have the opportunity to fill in the uh, commitment card in the pew. So we do ask that you go ahead and reflect this week, talk uh, with your family this week about what is it that you want to give and be ready to make that uh, pledge. And just a reminder that that financial pledge is in addition to your capital campaign pledge. We're very grateful for your generosity for the capital campaign, but we also have daily operating expenses that we need to cover. And so this is your commitment 
in addition to your capital campaign. So my gratitude, my thanks to all of you who are always so generous to our parish in so many ways, time, treasure, and talent, and for all that you do here at our parish. Let's really make this a moment to uncripple the body of Christ here at our parish, to become whole by all of us becoming aware of our importance as members of the body of Christ, united in Christ, united in the Holy Spirit, united in Holy Communion, that we might truly be one body in Christ.